An Elegant Weapon is brought to you by Nemesis Studios. What are y'all doing in here? We're smoking reefer. And you don't want no part of this shit. An elegant weapon for a more civilized day. This is a journey into sound. gentlemen welcome to an elegant weapon episode 292 my name is jjm clark j the jedi ross ross jedi j and as always so wonderful to have all you beautiful babies back here with me in the l5j studio thank you so much to all of you who came along for our 30 in 30 ride we did 30 podcasts in 30 days for national podcast post month what a trip that was indeed, but now we are back with your regularly scheduled episodes. This episode, what a special treat, Star Wars Episode Eight: The Last Jedi, a spoilery review. Uh, heads up, lots of spoilers. You don't like spoilers, you haven't seen the movie yet, turn this goddamn podcast off, or at least go listen to another episode, because we just put out 30 of them. So, go enjoy them, because it was fun. Uh, I saw it on Thursday night. I took the Padawan Ross and we went over to the Cineplex and we saw Star Wars. Uh, my initial reaction I gave unto thee through a Facebook live video, um, on the Facebook, of course. Uh, my initial reaction to the movie was confusion, uh, not hate nor love. This movie is quickly becoming the most divisive movie since Batman versus Superman. I don't think there's as much hateful detest for B versus S as there is for The Last Jedi, but there definitely isn't a whole lot of love. Um, there is love. There are a, a lot of people out there talking a lot of good things. I thought there were some incredible things about this movie. Um, I've heard it called Brilliant Genius, the best Star Wars movie to a trashy mess. So let's discuss. I thought it was made up of a lot of these things. Uh, the Force Awakens, I thought, was all right. I understood why it had to be made the way it was. I understood the, why, the way and why it needed to mirror A New Hope. Made total sense, right? So that was fun. Got back on track and then got super stoked for This Last Jedi because I'm like, all right, here we go. We found Luke. We got Jedi temples. We got Jedi lore. We're gonna we're gonna learn a lot about this stuff. Because for anybody out there who's listening to the show and is unfamiliar, maybe listening for the first time, I am an EU fanatic. I'm a prequel apologist. Been collecting the Dark Horse comic books and reading the novels for years. So the expanded universe was incredibly important to me, and it still is. We'll get a little more into that later on. So I was stoked. I was like, oh, we're going to find out some Jedi stuff. This is going to be cool. Um, and we did, to a certain extent. Um, nowhere near what I had hoped for in any way. Uh, I, I thought there would be a lot more to do with the texts that were found on the island. The original Journal of the Wills and the original Jedi texts. 
that got me very, very excited. Thought we were going to go way far back and have a little bit of origin goodness thrown our way. My goodness, was I wrong? Because they burnt that shit down. Burnt it down to the ground. So, let's start basically at the beginning of the movie. Um, we've been waiting for a long time. This conflicted me. Waiting for a long time about what's going to happen after this moment that Ray gives Luke the lightsaber. We knew for a while now that this was going to be a direct continuation of The Force Awakens. It was going to go right into the next movie. So a lot of interest and a lot of wonder. What's Luke going to say? What's Ray going to say? What are they going to say to each other? Is he going to get pissed? Is he going to be sad? Blah, 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 blah. Um, The moment came, and it was a little bit shocking because it did two things. A, it went completely against the grain to what anybody had considered happening. And B, it set the tone for this movie. It set a particularly lighthearted tone that I was completely not expecting. I really enjoyed the humor in The Force Awakens because at no point did I feel like it was pushed or put above a usual Star Wars uh, standard. This immediately threw me for a loop. I was like, what's going on? This was supposed to be all mega cool and mystical and we're instantly into the -the over-the-top comedy as Luke takes the lightsaber, says not a word, and throws it over his shoulder over a cliff. Okay, let's go with that. Uh, The thing I do like about that is it's very Luke. Uh, Luke is wonderful in this movie. Luke is Luke. Luke found that exact character again. I felt that Mark Hamill geniusly pulled off the exact attitude and outlook that he had way back when. He kept this character with him. He has known this character for decades, and to actually get to exercise that, I think he nailed it. I think he pulled it off to an extent that we weren't even ready for. He was absolutely Luke. I felt familiar to him as Luke, not just Mark Hamill, who we've all gotten to know so well uh, in geek culture these days that we feel like we know Mark Hamill. But this was Luke. This was not Mark Hamill. This was Luke Skywalker, and I was very interested to see how they'd pull that off, Uh, you know, the older farm boy. But they did it, and then they did it wonderfully. Um, so that was maybe one of, if not the most favorite thing of the movie for me, was Luke and Mark Hamill's performance. I thought it was splendid. Very good times indeed. So we move on, and he's training Ray, and there's a lot of conflict. Now Luke decides to burn down the ancient Jedi tree that is holding these texts uh, from thousands of years ago. And he thinks it's time to just burn it and end the Jedi and start fresh. I apologize for that sniffle, by the way. Everybody's in that sickly time. So I'm just another sick boy right now. Uh, But that should present no apparent problems. Um, Yeah, so he burns. He's going to burn the tree down. He decides, no, I'm not going to burn the tree down. I'm conflicted. I'm Luke Skywalker. I'm a Skywalker. I am conflict. And then we get the biggest surprise in the movie, in my opinion. Uh, The thing I was happiest about. And that is the appearance of Master Yoda. Uh, And uh, they did it weird. They did it excellent in the way that it was Return of the Jedi Yoda. I think they went a little too over the top. Return of the Jedi Yoda. They wanted to use this moment bringing back Yoda to remind you that he always wasn't the stern mystical leader that he was throughout the Clone Wars and such. Um, And that he was, you know, a member in Jedi. He was quite a joker. Uh, 
It's quite a giggly little thing. Oh, a tad too much of that I felt like in this movie, but not enough for me to really give a shit because it's fucking Yoda. Now, what was cool was I can't tell for sure because he was force ghosted and had that glow and that hue about him, but it seems to be that that was a puppet. That was Jedi puppet Yoda, not a CG turned into a force ghost Yoda, but an actual Yoda puppet turned into a force ghost. That was wonderful. That was cool to see. Uh, Their rapport, however, made it seem like they had seen each other since Jedi through the Force, yet a couple of lines at the end make it seem like they haven't. So I'm going to go with it they had, just not for a while. Let's go with that. When Yoda's all like, I missed you, I have, Skywalker. Um, You know, either way. But now we know that a force ghost can cause physical harm as he knocks Luke on the head with his cane. So whether through the force or just a force manifestation. Uh, okay, so speaking of the force, something starts happening throughout the movie from beginning to the end where Ray and Kylo are having a telekinetic, a telepathic connection, speaking to each other through the force across vast distances. And this causes a lot of very, very interesting stuff. I thought this was very cool. This is one of the things I did like um, was, you know, their dialogue and their, you know, their conversations in these moments and, you know, discovering things about each other and being very honest with each other. There was no deception, really. Uh, You know, Kylo felt this sense of wanting to you know, be connected to her for some strange reason. Um, turns out in the end it was Snoke, Supreme Loader, uh, Supreme Loader, Supreme Loader, we need you back on a dock, bye. Um, he, Supreme Leader Snoke was causing this. He was connecting them through the forest, seeing what would happen. Um, and it, it, I caused some really, really cool scenes, some uh, deeper characterization than perhaps we have ever seen in Star Wars. I will absolutely give that movie this. See, this movie is conflicting because there are certain things that are absolutely genius and way, way above the bar of what we've seen or even thought of being done with a Star Wars movie before. But then there's other things that are just kind of utter nonsense that don't belong anywhere near... No, no, actually, I take that back. The movie is stunning. The movie is beautiful. Visually, cinematographic? (laughs) It's cinematographic. Um, The cinematography, cinematically speaking, visually speaking, this movie is stunning. And they managed to interweave many different types of filmmaking techniques into, uh, you know, established Star Wars uh, techniques very, very well. And it's a nice step up. There's very cool moments. uh, Moments mixing sound and soundless visuals uh, with the explosions at the end and the certain moment when all stuff goes down at once and all the sound finally disappears and the lights go all weird black and white and I think that's probably the most actual you know realistic space moment we've ever had in many sci-fi movies uh, but then of course the Lucas Sonic boom comes so I'm, I'm getting off track here where was I going with that oh yeah Supreme Leader Snoke's got them all connected and connected and it all comes to a head and Rey takes off that's the part of it that's a little too Empire she takes off won't finish her training whatever runs away she's with Snoke and Kylo, uh, Kylo has basically, you know, he's been given up on by Snoke. And with enough Ray cajoling, convinces him to turn a little 
You know, this, there's, this isn't full black and white here. This, there's a lot of gray Jedi Sith nonsense where there's flipping back and forth to certain degrees. So Kylo does flip. Now, here's the fucking kicker, kids. He kills Snoke, right? Now, what is the two biggest questions? This movie did, in fact, answer the two biggest questions that everybody's been asking. Uh, basically, by not fucking answering them. Uh, maybe the fans' fault as far as Rey. But no, no, The Force Awakens did set it up. It did set up interest and curiosity as to who Rey's parents were when she got left on Jakku. That seemed all weird. They totally set it up because in the Star Wars world where you have the Chosen Ones, you can't help but think that way now. I know they're trying to break our thinking pattern, but I mean, that is Star Wars. The Chosen One is what this whole fucking thing has always been fucking revolving around. No matter how far away it expands, it always comes back to that. And they made a point that Ray's parents are fucking nobody. And I always thought that they would go with that, which is cool. Not a big deal. Now, the second thing, the second question, who the fuck is Snoke? It's all the entire internet's been asking for a couple of years. Now, who the fuck is Snoke? Nothing but Snoke theories. A gajillion, quadrillion videos on YouTube of people and their fucking Supreme Leader Snoke stories. Finally, they put out a book and we find out that he's just been lying in wait in the unknown regions, uh, you know, in case something happens to Palpatine. Sure. Haven't read that one yet. Really need to get on it now. Because they just kill Snoke. Done. And he's fucking nothing. And he's nobody. He seems incredibly powerful. But they outsmart him. Pretty easily for a guy who's been running an entire First Order. Um, but it's because Ben turns, right? But not fully. Uh, very cool, you know, little fight between the Royal Guards and Ray and Kylo fighting as a team. Still, I'm sorry. Here's a, a moment of prequel apology. Nowhere near the action garnered in the prequels, okay? You can hate the CG, the story, the character, the actors, the whole goddamn thing so fucking much. That's all good. But they are wasting the Jedi, okay? Not that George Lucas nailed it. Obviously, a lot more could have gone into things. But the prequels had a fairy tale, legendary quality to them that these new movies are not catching. You know, I mean, A New Hope set that up, that there was this ancient mystical, you know, story behind it all, things that had happened in the past, legends, and that's gone, and I don't want it to be gone. The prequels gave us action and lightsaber duels and creativity. You notice in these new movies, you go to all these planets, and they're beautiful, and they're cool, and they're kind of more real-life settings, but they're nowhere near as grandeur. Um, the universe is a, it feels a lot smaller, the galaxy, in these new movies, as it was supposed to feel in the old trilogy, so I get that, because it doesn't fit, because the prequels were supposed to be this grand republic, right? But, I don't know, I'm just, uh, the creative level of George Lucas is not there anymore. Okay, yes, is the filmmaking improved? Absolutely. Is the writing, the dialogue, the acting improved? by leaps and bounds but there's one thing that all these new movies do not have and that is lucas's creativity his insane brain for just thinking up the most whacked out shit and you know there's some cool stuff but i'm sorry you know 
Lucas takes it to a new level. So I miss my I miss my Lucas insanity. I miss my Jedi madness. Okay, uh, it's a good fight that they have, you know. But I much preferred the Force Awakens battle at the end. I'll have to say, of the two new movies, that's my biggest favoriteest moment of all, of the entire two new movies is Kylo and Rey's lightsaber battle at the end. It was big. It was epic. It was in the woods. Some shit goes down. Uh, you know, very tense moments. I loved it. That was a great lightsaber duel. Uh, the only one I would put on the level of some of the prequels. So you can hate them as much as you want, but, you know, I got a Jedi army, man. Come on, kids. We got to see an entire army of Jedi kicking ass with lightsabers. We got to see Darth Maul and Qui-Gon in an epic old-school Sith versus Jedi battle. It's not going to happen anymore. You know, that's over. So, you know, the movie goes on and this and that happens. I'm not going to sit here and retell the plot because I didn't like the story. I really didn't like the story. I didn't like the simplicity of just rebels keep running away and shit keeps getting worse and worse and worse because that's just Empire. Let's just do Empire again and make it worse and worse and worse. So at the end of Empire, everything's in ruins and rubble. Um, but... Ah, sorry, I'm just trying to pick it apart, kids. Okay, you know what I really didn't like, but did like? Okay, A, cool to see Leia finally use her powers, right? Kylo's going to blow up the the bridge on the command ship, on the Calamarian cruiser, and he can't. And that moment you see in the commercial where he's conflicted, and then you see Leia, that moment is there. But he can't, and he takes his finger off the triver, trigger. But he's got two other TIE fighters behind him, and they're not in on it. So they blow the shit out of that bridge, and that bridge explodes. Goodbye, Admiral Akbar, with with no fanfare whatsoever. Fuck you, Ryan Johnson, for that one. Admiral Admar deserved a far more fucking decent go-out than that. So anyways, Leia gets blasted into space, and you're like, holy shit! Crazy shocking moment. I thought maybe this moment was just uh, how they decided to go with it. Let's just blast her out quick, done, once and for all. Because it was a very, very shocking moment followed a millisecond after a tender moment. I thought it was incredibly nice. Kylo's about to kill his mom, decides he can't. Leia sits and has this certain look of contentment on her face. Then the whole thing blows up and she gets sucked out into space. They could have just ended it there, and that would have been a, a fantastic send-off for Leia, I think. I think it would have really, really fit everything and would have got us through it, like pulling off a Band-Aid. You know what I mean? Would have got, it, got us through it quick with a very tender moment a millisecond before it happened. I think it would have been a wonderful way to just end Leia there because she wasn't super necessary for the rest of the story. So, you know, she comes alive with the Force. She's floating in space. And she uses the Force, which is very, very, very cool to see. But I didn't think it looked very good. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe i got to see it again. I mean, I'm, I'm all this shit talking I'm doing right now is basically coming off one viewing. So, you know, I will need a refresher, of course. But I don't remember it looking too good. I remember it being kind of cheese, the way she, she floats through space. And just the CGI maybe was bo bothered me. I don't know. Something was weird about that, so I gotta check that out again. It was great to see her use the force, but I don't remember it looking too good. So we'll we'll see what happens there. Um, oh, you know another thing I hated that millisecond of where Luke's about to think about killing Ben in bed because the darkness is rising and he has a moment of weakness. You're telling me that Luke Skywalker had a moment of weakness deep enough to the point of where he actually lit the lightsaber. 
And then he tries to make it sound okay, like, and within an instant, I realized I was wrong. And that was it. And then it was too late. No, don't like that at all. Didn't like that moment at all. Luke, no, 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 no. Luke wouldn't have lit the saber. Maybe Luke would have had that conflicting thought in his head, but he would have never lit the saber. He wouldn't have been that scared. The the guy who brought back Darth Vader in those moments afterwards when we got to see him as a Jedi, as a hero, he would not have faltered to the point of lighting that lightsaber. I do not believe it. I do not agree with it. And I think this might have been where Mark Hamill fundamentally disagreed with Ryan Johnson's choices. And I would agree with Mark. Bullshit. Not cool. Shouldn't have happened. You know, they could have figured out something just as simple, a, a different way. So I did not like that at all. Um, uh, yeah, so all these questions now. Who the fuck is Snoke and are we supposed to care? I know it's supposed to make a point that we don't know Ray's parents. And it doesn't matter who they are. They're a fact that they're fucking nobodies. They're just drunk junkers out there in space. That makes sense to me. I get it. You don't have to be anybody to be special. You just got to work hard and get there and become a Jedi, right? But how the fuck does it matter? Are they trying to show us some sort of yin-yang thing where it doesn't really fucking matter who Snoke is on the same way? Even though he was a nobody, he was running the whole thing. But then it doesn't really matter because Ben just made his moment and Kylo you know, slew him. I, you can't let, like, was it the fans fault for asking these questions and then theorizing them over them so heavily for the past couple of years that we expected answers that maybe we were never going to get that the filmmakers possibly never even considered, you know, did they really, did they, but here uh, the throwback on the filmmakers, how could you set Snoke up like that and not expect us to have these questions? And how could you not expect us to have these theories? Uh, you set it up for us and then you just you pulled it away. Like Lost, man. All the way to the second last episode. The last episode, nothing. No answers. Uh, so, um, I'm not the only one who's also said this, but this movie could end in here. This could have been the third in the trilogy, as I've heard say. Or it could have just been a two-movie arc and I would have been happy where it ended. Now, the death of Luke, interesting. Uh, I love the way they they pulled that whole thing off in the end. It was a cool surprise that he wasn't even there, although it would have been nice to, I don't know, I didn't expect Luke to go, maybe, the way they'd set it up. I mean, obviously, there's the Force ghostness that I'm sure there will be Force ghostness, but it seemed like Skywalker had more to do. But I don't know, maybe the Force disagreed with me. So he vanished into the Force after completely exhausting himself by astrally projecting himself across the galaxy to deal with Kylo Ren. Uh, the the moment after that they all blast him and he walks out and kind of brushes off his shoulder, that was fun. But again, uh, the movie was too funny, I thought, at points. I thought it just got a little too ridiculous at moments. Tone it down a little bit there. Uh, the Porgs surprisingly I enjoyed uh, they really held them back to a, a comfortable degree the porgs were not insane or overused uh, and a ridiculous little scene with Chewie that I didn't mind too bad but for the rest of the movie they did not interfere which, which was cool so we're left with Snoke dead 
Skywalker gone, the Rebellion in tatters, all of them can fit on the Millennium Falcon, so this is seriously grassroots now at this point. Leia is still around and heavily in charge, although Carrie Fisher is gone. What the hell are they going to do for Episode Nine? Uh, I can't even begin to theorize, and I'm sure there will be much theorizing, but I can't even begin to think. What can they do? What stakes are left? Um, it feels like maybe it's been left open-ended so they can use Part 3 to set up the future run of Star Wars movies. Is it going to just be Rey and Finn and them trying to rebuild this rebellion over years? Maybe they'll skip ahead. I don't know. I don't know. Um, and then the last scene with that little kid out on the deck and he's got the rebel insignia and he force uses the force to bring the broom over to him. And you're like, oh, hope. A future. That should have been the end of the whole goddamn trilogy right there. But no, we've got a whole other movie? I don't know. This doesn't make sense. I feel like they jumped the gun giving Ryan Johnson his very own trilogy. Uh, but again, their Star Wars movies are always going to make money. I far more enjoyed Rogue One than this movie. Although there were things in this movie that I enjoyed as much as Rogue One. So like I said, kids, it's Star Wars. It's brilliant and it's ridiculous. It's genius. It's fun. And it's nonsense and cheesy all at the same time. Um, just a waste of Jedi to me. Um, also, one last thing. How do y'all really feel about Rey? I don't have a connection to Rey like I did Luke. She's not that likable. You know, does that make sense? I don't know. Am I crazy? Is that... Because all of this, of course, is just my ridiculously humble opinion. It's my own personal thoughts. That's what this whole podcast is. It's meaningless. It's nothing. It's just me sharing my useless thoughts about a useless thing like a movie to y'all. But it's fucking Star Wars. And, uh, you know, we love it. We love it indeed. So that, those are my thoughts, you know, some really cool stuff. I enjoyed the movie, enjoyed it overall as a whole, didn't love it to death. Um, but I didn't get what I needed uh, because maybe I am biasedly an EU fan. Maybe that is leading to me wanting something I'm never going to get in a movie unless finally one day they pull off Knights of the Old Republic or something. And that's everything I got from the comics, from the movies, from the cartoons. So if, if you saw this movie and it didn't quite tickle your fancy, if you feel like you need more Jedi in your life, more Sith in your life, the entire expanded universe is still there. Decades of the finest creators in comics have, have, have left a legacy of insanity that you need to read. You need to go check out. Get the trades if you need to. Download them digitally. I'm pretty sure you can get the entire Dark Horse Star Wars catalog uh, digitally online. I'm not sure where. Check out Comixology and all that good stuff. But I, I'm pretty sure it's on there. But uh, go check that stuff out if you're interested in what I'm saying by uh, it being not what I wanted. 
and the fact that there is other stuff I've had that already exists. This isn't just me wanting to make my own Star Wars movie. This is me having spent the past 20 years uh, thinking everything that was canon to me mattered now doesn't matter. And this movie is not living up to a lot of the stuff that came before it. I'm sorry. Uh, read some Star Wars books, kids, and they will blow your mind. You know, uh, Luke had a hell of a life, as did Leia and Han. And, uh, man, this movie makes me wish they'd stuck closer to the EU. But what can you do? Uh, check out the uh, Young Jedi Academy novels. They're fantastic. You can learn all about Han and Leia's kids in there. Uh, you know, there's so much good stuff from Dark Horse and Del Rey, Truce of Bakura, the Thrawn trilogy, you know, and you can go way back, you know, there's the dawn of the Jedi, there is the great Sith Wars, great hyperspace wars, there's so much cool stuff that happened, so that's what I recommend, over this movie, I say go check out the EU, okay, Many dedicated creators passionately brought us this stuff for years. So if this movie wasn't your fucking ticket, then fuck the movies, okay? I didn't come into Star Wars through the movies. I saw Jedi when I was six, in 1983, and I thought land speeders and Ewoks and lightsabers were cool. And that's about fucking it, especially as a six-year-old. But then growing, reading, experiencing, it's been all the EU, or legends as they call it. Fucking go check that shit out. You know, it's comic books at their finest as well. So again, didn't hate it. Didn't love it. Meh. Uh, I loved Rogue One. Maybe a little more of that. I don't know. A little less humor. I just didn't like where the story went. This feels all so fucking pointless. Do you know what I mean? This entire new trilogy feels like there's there isn't that dilemma there of, you know, the big turn or the big save. Uh, they, it seems like they've set up a long journey we're going to have to go through. Can't imagine what episode 9 is going to have. Uh, JJ, though, coming back. So maybe JJ will give it a nice bookend and we'll see what happens. But because of all of this, maybe we will eventually see Knights of the Old Republic. Because the fans are voicing their opinion. As we said, this is an incredibly divisive movie. Just like Batman versus Superman. I'm sure Marvel will listen. I'm sure Lucasfilm will listen. And we'll see what happens. Because uh, there there are droves of us out there who want our Knights of the Old Republic shit. We want a movie of Jedi. We're not done with the goddamn Jedi yet. I'm not going to let it go. Uh, going to end this on a huge announcement. But the mutants have come home. I can't believe I actually just said that. I've dreamed about saying it on this show for years. Disney bought the world. Uh, and in that package included 20th Century Fox. Uh, I hope it goes well. I've spouted a lot of shit out of my mouth about how I really want Marvel to get their hands on the X-Men again because we'll get the uncanny X-Men. And I think they'll try to go as far away from the Fox movies as they can and close to the comics because that's one thing we can always rely on Marvel to do is to stick to them comics. Even if it put, puts Wolverine in a yellow suit, don't give a damn. At least we'll see a yellow suit. But try to be smart enough. Put him in the brown one. All right. Thanks. Thanks, Marvel. Uh, kids, that's all we're going to have for our Star Wars Last Jedi review on an elegant weapon. Take it easy, and may the Force be with you.